From the 915 to H-Town, from the Panhandle Plains to the Valley, and everywhere in between, this is the 5050 Podcast, powered by College Promoters USA. Join me, Hector Cano, as we cover the Texas high school club and college soccer landscape, along with an inside look at the college soccer recruiting scene. The 5050 Podcast is a platform about the people and for the people who are dedicated to the beautiful game. College Promoters USA, founded and located in San Antonio, operates as the only family-owned college recruiting company in Texas that brings a truly professional, local, and face-to-face approach to area high school student-athletes and their families. If your son or daughter is serious about college athletics, call them at 210-494-6363 or visit collegepromotersusa.com anytime. College Promoters USA, the best investment a parent can make in their high school student-athletes. Here we go. It's another edition of the 5050 Podcast, powered by our proud partners, College Promoters USA. They are America's premier college prep program and high school student-athlete marketing service since 1997. Located locally here in San Antonio, you can find them in the Ventura Plaza Shopping Center. You can also find them on social media on Twitter at SATX Recruiting, as well as on Instagram at College Promoters USA. And you can also get more information on the many thing, many cool things they're doing and what they're about on their website at collegepromotersusa.com. My next guest, he is a individual that we've been wanting to get on here for a little while now, as luck would have it, kind of fortune, fortune fell in our favor kind of had some recent uh, some recent pretty pretty awesome recent news and he is I'm proud to introduce him as the new head women's soccer coach of Abilene Christian he is coach Steven Salas coach how are you good how about yourself uh you know enjoy your enjoy your podcast like I said uh, I've watched a lot of them um, and just love what you're doing for the for the community soccer community you know Texas soccer community as well Appreciate it. So you're the one. Huh? You're you're the one that's been listening all this time. I was trying to <laughs> that's me. That was. One There's one. All right. <laughs> now we appreciate that. Thank you for that. And uh, yeah, going all the way back to back when we had, uh, you know, your former head coach and Lance Key, who you've been with in multiple programs. Um, he just he spoke the world of you. And I know he was always he was talking to me. It's like, this is a guy you definitely want to have on at some point. And and that was the case. And uh Things just kind of fell. The timing was right. So we appreciate you being here. We're lucky to have you here. We're grateful for it, especially in your new official role as head coach. And we'll dive into that a little bit more in a minute. Um, but before we begin, kind of want to start start the show a little differently in light of, you know, the recent somber news, the passing of, of Pele earlier today, uh, passing away peacefully at the age of 82. Um, coach, I kind of wanted to kind of throw it your way a little bit Um, because obviously he was, you know, truth be told, he was before both of our times. Right. But in terms of if you're a student of the game as a coach, right, you know, you obviously know, you know, the name, but what are, I don't know, what comes to mind? What, what are your thoughts when you think of, when you hear the name Pelé? Yeah. And I was kind of, you know, telling my girlfriend, I was, I was kind of gutted to hear the news. Um, It's almost like hearing a family member pass away and, and for me, I mean, he was inspirational. Like I said, he's before my time, but I watched a lot of film on him. Um, you know, there's a lot of talks of of Messi being the best uh, in the world and the GOAT, as you per se. Um, but for me, honestly, Pelé was 
was my favorite to watch. Um, and I, I enjoyed watching him play um, as far as, you know, through highlights and through film and just seeing his, his contribution to the game um, in past World Cups and, uh, and just recent, you know, I think he was ill during the World Cup. So you, you saw that, right. but, um, you know, you kind of knew that it was coming and, but it was, it was sombering to hear today, uh, but definitely a legacy that will live on forever. Yeah, you know, and, and, you know, it's funny you mentioned Messi as well, because he was, you know, before, before there was Messi, and you can make the argument as well as far as Ronaldo, but before there was any of them, right, there was Pelé. And ironically, Messi, you know, the jersey number that he wears, 10, that, that was made famous, that number, right, that jersey, the meaning of that jersey number was made famous by, by Pelé, you know, so <clears throat> to be able to announce yourself to the world in 1958, win a World Cup at the age of 17, you know, spearhead and lead uh, Brazil to their first World Cup mm. at the age of 17 to have, what was that, three World Cups at the age of 29. Um, just, I mean, and then you look at it from the from the from our perspective right here in America, you can make, it's hard to argue against that, no one person, no one man has done more for the sport in this country, right, um, than him. And I don't think, you know, for our younger generation, for our current student athletes, maybe you're in college, maybe you're in high school, uh, or even parents that may be out there not really, don't really have a history or background of the game, you owe it to yourself to study study this individual a, a lot more because there's there's so many fascinating things and when he came to America <clears throat> in the late 70s, mid-70s, I think it was, uh, playing the NASL, he passing on places like, uh, you know, what was it? I think Spain and uh, Spain and Italy yeah. to come here. He very much, obviously, <laughs> obviously he got paid well. But, but that said, I don't know how many people could have foreseen the pioneer that he would become for the sport in our country. Yeah, no, I mean, I, like I said, I lived in New York um, for five years and and saw the Cosmos. Uh, I mean, you'd always buy replica gear. You see his picture everywhere. Um, like I said, I think his last year was 1977 that he that he played there. And as, like I said, his legacy will live on forever. I mean, you see it all over uh, New York, you know, city streets and, and apparel and gear. So it's, it's definitely still there. Um, like you said, growing the game in the United States between him and, you know, Franz Beckenbauer and, and players like that in, in the league, um, it's just, yeah. you know, it's just a testament to, to legacy. Again, I, I can't say enough the legacy that will live on forever of, of him being one of, one of the best, if not the best. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah. So just wanted to mention that, speak on that briefly. It's, it's impossible when you, you come on a soccer podcast and you get news of that magnitude, it's impossible to, to ignore, obviously. So, uh, you know, God bless him. May he rest in peace. And obviously thoughts, you know, thoughts and prayers to, to his family as well. So uh, the good thing is from all accounts, he, uh, he went peacefully in his sleep. So that's good to hear. So, all right, coach. So we'll transition to something on light, uh, lighter note, um, world cup talk. I've been talking about this. This is the other thing. It's impossible to ignore right on a soccer podcast with soccer coaches, but your thoughts maybe on that World Cup final, the World Cup, the tournament as a whole, Team USA. What are your big takeaways? Yeah, I mean, there's there's a little bit of a weird mood of, 
of it being in Qatar. Uh, you know, there's a lot of controversy building up to it, but overall, I think it was one of the most exciting World Cups. I mean, I've, I've spent a lot of time. I was I was actually in France um, during France '94. Uh, like I said, I lived okay. over I lived overseas in England, um, but was in France vacationing at the time. Didn't get to make it to any matches, uh, but it was just. I mean, I think it was one of the most exciting. I mean, obviously. Uh, I've only seen, you know, 94 and, and 2006 and even before then and after then. But um, for me, it was one of the most exciting. Uh, my, my personal winners, I kept writing it off. I was like, oh, Germany's going to win. And they were knocked out. And then England's going to win. They're not going to knocked out. Um, I'm a huge USA supporter. Um, I'm with them thick and thin. Um, and, I you know, I have them winning it. And But in the end, uh, it was it was awesome for, for Messi to win. I think the storybook ending that we all wanted uh, whether we wanted to believe it or not maybe not brazil fans and maybe not french fans but uh overall it's just it was i, I cried uh, i really did um at the, at the end of it it was just uh, you saw all the emotions of, of Di maria and, and messi and um you know martinez and all those players and it was just like i mean it was a poetry emotion it was it really was a love story and it was just awesome to see um awesome to to watch uh, would would have loved to be there in person. Uh, I'm even kind of getting teared up talking about it all, uh, but it, it right. just was, it was just an amazing story and amazing ending. Um, it's an awesome world cup overall. I, I really enjoyed watching all of right. it. Yeah. Yeah. On the field, on the field, the product was phenomenal. I think I saw a stat where it was the most goals scored of any world cup. I don't know. Have you come across that? Have you seen that? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so on the field, incredible. Off the field, obviously, that's a whole <laughs> that's a whole other conversation, right? In terms of a number of factors um, that you can trace all the way back to 2010. But <clears throat> you know, I think from from that world, the overall the World Cup perspective, I think it was phenomenal tournament, very unique in terms of because I'm used. Everyone's used to it being in the middle of the summer. Everyone, you know, yeah. I'm not having to worry about. Uh, being at work, maybe the holidays, just a very unique twist. Um, but I think, but a lot of people point to maybe why it was so entertaining, maybe why it was the highest scoring was because you had, you had so many of these athletes that were, they were in the middle of their season, right? Not they're, they're not coming off of a nine or 10 month grind. Uh, so yeah, so something to be said, something to be said about that. How does that transition into 2026, right? Which is three and a half years away. Uh, We'll, we'll see. I guess we'll see. Um, and that's a whole other animal in itself, right? Because that'll become now the, the the largest tournament on record, right? They'll go from 32 to 48 teams. That'll be very unique. It'll be the first, 2026 will be the first, uh, first World Cup to be hosted by three host nations. Mm -hmm. So very interesting. Um, but then when you look at that World Cup final, right? Argentina and France, what I keep telling people I had this conversation the other day is <clears throat> I've always had my personal opinions on France in spite of the fact that they have two world, you know, they have two world cup titles, but I came away more impressed with them in, in defeat, right. Mm -hmm. In defeat than probably any world cup title, any victory I've ever seen just because the, they had to push Argentina to greatness, right. Uh, 75 minutes through in, we thought Argentina was just going to finish, run away with it. And then the game flipped on its head and it turned into just what many people are probably calling the greatest World Cup final yeah. in history, right? 
And I think what made it, you know, you talk about messy and, you know, kind of being, kind of getting teary-eyed. I got a, a little emotional from the standpoint of just being proud for, for the sport, right? Feeling like the sport won, right? The beautiful game showed because what you saw was you saw you saw great you saw greatness on all accounts mm-hmm. at you know on the grandest of stages, right? Both Messi and Mbappe back and forth, back and forth, and uh, very rarely do you get to see something like that, right? And uh, and then you add the emotion piece of of Argentina. And Messi, in what many people believe it's his last World Cup, um, so yeah, it, it was just such an emotional roller, such an emotional roller coaster. And you didn't even, even if you didn't have a dog in the fight in terms of France, Argentina, even if you weren't a soccer, you're not a soccer person. It just had so many people emotionally invested. Yeah, no, I mean, I was impressed that you know the French fought as as hard as they did with players like you know Pogba and. and- uh, Benzema and Conte out. I mean, they had, I think I was looking at their list. They had like at least six to eight players that were out injured. So, um, and I still thought that they were deeper than Argentina going into the final. So that's kind of why I thought that France might, France might prevail. Um, so it was, it was definitely an emotional, but roller coaster. Uh, but it yeah, was yeah. fun to watch as, you know, one of my good mentors, uh, Marcus Wood, uh, who I know you, you know dearly, but oh, yeah, yeah. Term pure exhaustion and just seeing the face of everyone after that, you know, over time, even after regular time, regular time, overtime, going into PKs was just a pure exhaustion from everyone to where you saw everyone's heart just come out and everyone was just fighting on the line. You know, players were falling down, cramping up. And um, yeah. it, was, it was amazing to see, it was amazing to witness, um, and amazing to watch. So, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. I, it was, it was, it was special. That's, you know, and I just, I just walked away from there. Um, how it all played out. You hate to see how it, obviously it's a whole other conversation, but penalties, having to find a winner and it going to penalties. Unfortunate that there has to be a, a loser in that case. But yeah, I think on that day, the, the game, right. The beautiful game won. And I think that's what I walked away from the most. Um, thoughts on, uh, on the U.S. men's national team. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of criticism, obviously, you know, with with surrounding the the coaching as far as, you know, future, um, but just of how they did. I was, again, I'm with them through thick or thin. Um, I was very proud of them. I was just glad they got out of the group stage. Uh, that's always, right. always a plus, um, you know, their performance against the Netherlands, uh, you know, I thought was, was good. I thought the Netherlands just capitalized on their chances. Uh, especially early on, it was, it was disheartening to see the the second goal right before halftime. And um, you know, obviously, they had opportunities to to put one uh, one away early on, and probably even not so much put the game to rest, but kind of take a turn for for their side. Um, you know, in the end, I was proud. Um, I'm looking forward to kind of what you were saying the the next World Cup uh, when all those youngsters are you know 26, 27, 28, and in their in their prime. So. Um, I was happy overall. Um, obviously, I wish they would have gone farther. I thought, you know, Netherlands was a, a good opponent for them to be um, and for them to be matched up against. But just overall, uh, again, just proud of the United States uh, and how they performed. Uh, exciting to watch a lot of these youngsters, you know, Tyler Adams and and Aronson and, um, 
you know, Musa, it was just awesome to see them step up um, and play for their country. I think there was a lot of skepticism of just the results leading up to that, if they would do well or not. But I mean, USA, they always, they always step up. They're always ready to play. Um, and I was, I was very proud overall. And like I said, you know, ex excited for, for the next world cup, um, putting, saving some, uh, some pennies in my savings account for, for some tickets. <laughs> well, so making sure that I'm uh, saving up over, over the next four years to, to buy some world cup tickets. Well, make sure you save an extra, a little extra more, right? So you, this way you can take me with you. So. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely looking forward to it. I was mm -hmm. having this conversation with uh, my fellow office mate there at, at St. Mary's Hall, uh, who's our head men's basketball coach, and I was telling him because he was asking me about 2026, right? And uh, I was telling him, it's like from where we are, at least where we're at here in San Antonio, is we're going to have three sites within four hours of us, mm -hmm. right? Between when you factor in. Uh, four hours or less, right? When you factor in Houston, Dallas, and then uh, Monter uh, Monterrey, right? Monterrey, Mexico. So, um, so it's going to be pretty special. That's going to be pretty, you know, definitely excited for that kind of a bucket list event, obviously. So, because um, 94, <clears throat> I was in high school. I think I was a sophomore, I think. I'm dating myself here now. Sophomore in high school for 94 uh, and... Um, yeah, I mean, it, it was it was totally new to us. No one was where this country is at now in terms of the sport. Totally different from '94. So, so yeah, uh, excited for sure. I think it, in terms of Team USA, I just it, it's a mixed bag. Very, I feel came away from it feeling very proud as well. Mm -hmm. I love the fact that we came out with a sense of an identity in terms of particularly our midfield. The drawback was the depth right? That, that continues to be an issue, right? The moment, you know, McKinney not being able to really go beyond 65 minutes was mm -hmm. tough, right? was tough. Uh, but that, yeah. And I think what scared me where I kind of, <laughs> where I kind of felt is like, am I really hearing what I'm hearing? And what kind of scared me and also was like, wow, I never thought I would hear this was, I don't know if you recall, as we were drawing closer and closer to the Netherlands game, how many people uh, not Americans either, right? Pundits around the world were actually favoring the U.S., you know, yeah. the U.S. men's national team. And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> That's when I was starting to get concerned. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, the tactics, that game, how that, you know, Van Hall and Berhalter, that's a whole other conversation. But as a whole, yeah, it's like, what do we do now in these next three and a half years? We got, you know, we have Copa America coming as well. So definitely looking forward to that. Uh, getting to you know host that in 2024 that'll be special as well so yeah. all right so we'll transition now i guess the head uh head women's soccer coach at abilene christian the new head women's soccer coach at abilene christian university how does that sound oh it's uh it's a dream come true you know a lot of people ask me um you know what my dream job was and in the past i've spurred off other other colleges other christian colleges but uh i was telling the girls this the more and more i think about it and talk about it uh acu is my dream job uh, you know just a private christian institution um you know with their mission for christ and just the things that they're doing uh in the other in other sports and you know i know men's basketball a couple of years ago knocked off texas in the ncaa tournament and right, right. baseball's doing fantastic football had a great year this year and just an exciting time to, to be a Wildcat. Um, you know, 
and for me to return back home, I was there for six years before. So it's a, it's homecoming for me. Yeah. Um, a bit of a side note here. I don't know if you saw, so you mentioned, uh, ACU basketball, right. Knocking off Texas a few years ago, the, the then coach, right. Joe Golding. Yeah. Right. Did you see the story on him the other day with, uh, the pit, uh, football players? Did you see that? Yeah. So, yeah. He was in, in Dallas and drove with his family. Those, those three players to it's, it doesn't surprise me. I, I know Joe, uh, he's just, yeah. a, he's an amazing individual. He'll give you the shirt off his back. He'll drive, you know, nine or however long hours he drove yeah. in a car to, to take those players to the game. Um, he's just an awesome individual, very authentic, um, and like I said, it doesn't surprise me. Um, I, I had a great relationship while he was here and, uh, he's a, a ball of energy, ball of fun. And like I said, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember I was, so we were, you know, we were living in El Paso when he was named the, uh, the head basketball coach at UTEP. Right. And I remember seeing his initial, his initial interview, his press conference. And the guy was just like, I'm sweating for him. Just hearing him talk. And I mean, it's like, this guy must drink more energy drinks than me, you know? And, mm-hmm. then, and then they talked about his, it's like, Hey, what do you, what do you snack on? He's like, I drink like four Red Bulls and four Snickers. Yeah. <laughs> and that was like, God, this guy's a ball. You ain't lying when you say a ball of energy. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, just very passionate. Great guy. Great guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we talk about ACU, right. You, you talked about the dream job piece. Um, why did you feel in terms of obviously there was an opportunity there, but why did you feel that the time was right for you? Yeah, I think, you know, I, I would have loved to have the job back in 2018 when we won the conference championship and made it to the NCAA tournament uh, selfishly. But I, I was glad um, that I had the time to grow professionally going to Louisiana Lafayette. And uh, like I said, I, I can't say enough about Lance Key. He's an awesome, awesome mentor, awesome human being and just man of God. And um, just an opportunity that he gave me and how much I grew under him. Um, I mean, he's one of my one of my best friends too, uh, as well. So, um, but like I said, coming back to it, I just uh, grew a lot um, of of knowledge and humility when it came to that. And so, I'm just I'm just ready. I feel you know more ready than ever. Kind of talking with the girls this week, uh, just ready to go. A lot of like I said in my in my quote, a lot of excitement around the program. Um, and honestly, I think, you know, the, the girls are a close family. Uh, they just need some direction moving forward, um, and some new excitement and confidence and belief. Uh, and I know I, me and my future staff will be able to do that. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, I, like I said, I believe my past experience has, has brought me to today. Um, and it's a blessing in disguise of, of what I've gone through and, and the things that maybe didn't happen, um, but are happening now. And, like I said, I can't say anything more than I'm blessed. Right. So take us, let us kind of peek behind the curtain a little bit. Take us through that hiring process. Kind of, you don't have to go through every detail, obviously, but just how it's, you know, how quick was that? And was it quicker than you, than you thought it was going to be? And then of course it's right in the middle of all the, just the chaos and the craziness of the holidays. Right. And then obviously college athletics doesn't stop, right? There's it's job job vacancies, job applications all over the place. Take us through that process. Yeah. I mean, I would say it happened pretty quick. Uh, the girls would say it didn't, you know, they were about a month and a half without a coach. Uh, so for me, you know, my season ended with, with Harden Simmons and, uh, you know, AC reached out to me and 
I was honored by it. Obviously, I spent six years there uh, from 2013 to 2019. So it's a part of me. Um, and they knew that and, uh, you know, brought me on campus, loved my time there. Just Zach, uh, the athletic director, Zach, Zach Lasseter and, and Heather Wyatt, the uh, SWA, they were just amazing. You know, I was able to meet a lot of the coaches, um, some familiar faces, some old or some uh, new faces. And again, they just made it made it family. Um, and it was just a parent that I wanted to be there um, after the time and uh, that they had and they shared and, and their vision. Um, but like I said, a month and a half down the road later, I'm the, I'm the next head coach. And uh, it was just, like I said, amazing experience. Can't, can't say enough what they, what they've done for me. Um, also the girls just making me feel super welcomed. Obviously I know the, a lot of the alumni, even the senior group, um, I kind of recruited them coming in and uh, they spoke highly and they were super pumped for me. A lot of smiles and, yeah. Uh, a lot of cheers and uh, just for me, like I said, just excited uh, to be in the spot and, and get going. The only thing that was weird yeah. is, like you said, I was I was hired. Uh, I think my first official day was the 23rd of December and I, I show up. I'm like, let's go. Like I'm ready. Like high fives. And it was like, nope. Zoom meetings, Zoom calls. Staff is staff is gone for the holidays. And <laughs> it felt like. Yeah, I'm having Zoom calls. It feels like COVID all over again. So right. <laughs> I'm ready for the girls to be back on campus. Like I said, I reached out to them on Zoom calls individually and together. Um, and yeah, I just I just can't say enough uh, about how awesome this team is and how awesome these girls are, uh, the staff and and all of ACU and ACU athletics. So you show, <laughs> so you show up day one, December twenty third. You're fired up. You're ready to go, and everyone's like, "Hey, welcome, uh, Merry Christmas." They're on their way out, right? Yeah, I'm sitting, <laughs> sitting in, office, office. in an office, like, "Let's go!" And and they're you know snowing in Abilene. I'm like, "What is going on?" It was, I think it was that day. It was like negative six wind chill, and it's just like, "All right, well, here we are." And so I just made a lot of calls and acted like I was uh I was there, and people were there around me. So I think I was the only one on campus, and but you know, time to get to work and what better time than right. right before the, right before Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. So, so one thing I always like to ask new, new coaches, right. Is do you recall, can you pinpoint the exact moment um, or did, did you even have one? But if you did, can you recall the exact moment where, where it really hits you? Like this is okay. This is real. Sometimes it's, you get the business card that says you're the new head women's soccer coach at ACU. Sometimes it's the first conversation or the first time you introduce yourself or a phone call. Um, but, or you tell somebody, but do you, did you have that moment? Like, Oh my God, I'm like, I'm the new head coach now. Yeah. I think it was just, it was uh, walking back into the facilities of, like I said, my homecoming of walking back into the coaches offices and team room and, um, like I said, on, on December 23rd, uh, whenever, whenever it's net right. six out, uh, wind chill as I'm walking to the office and just, you know, seeing the halls and just remembering and reminiscing of, of old times of old championships and players. Um, and like you said, kind of making that first phone call of calling up assistant coach candidates and saying, Hey, uh, you want to come join me? <laughs> you know, uh, it was, it was, it was, uh, yeah, I think just that title of head coach, it's, it's just crazy to, to hear. But like I said, blessed. And that's when it hit. That's when it hit me. Um, you know, wasn't sure if it was, if it was frostbite or if it was a, uh, 
you know, just, just seeing that title, um, the softball coach. Right. So her, her daughter wrote a nice little sign, um, that said coach Salas and had little figurines. And that's my, that was, that was my nameplate. So that was pretty cool. I texted her and said, thank you for that. Um, nice. Nice. Daughter. So, uh, just the, just those touches, those moments, um, just made it, made it surreal. Yeah. Now, not to be, don't want to be Debbie Downer here, right? But on the flip side, right? You get the great news initially. Now you got to go and, and obviously Lance, unbelievable gentleman, unbelievable guy, great man. But now you got to go tell him. And now you got to go tell a whole other team, right? That, uh, that you're leaving, right? How was, you know, obviously you don't have to take us through the details, but how was that anything like what you expected? Was that, more more difficult maybe it's just a little easier than you thought not in terms of you didn't care but they they took it better than you expected how how does that play out what are the dynamic the dynamics like there yeah i think you know i wasn't ready um for that uh, just the, the hard and simmons girls have, have been awesome uh, you know right. selfishly wish i was with them for much longer it was the same thing with every girl that i've left i wish you know, I could take them all with me. Um, right, right, right. And, and then just for Lance, it, I mean, like I said, he's been a mentor, uh, you know, discipled me, uh, a friend, um, a father figure as well. And so, you know, it's not goodbye. Uh, we're literally a mile down the road. Uh, but at the same time, it's just, uh, yeah, it was a little bit surreal calling him up and, and just giving them the news. I know he's excited for me, but he also didn't want me to leave. Uh, him we've worked together for for four years and gone through right. a lot of awesome times and a lot of tough times but um, you know we had a, a, a successful year with Harden Simmons and and going back to my old alma mater I think that was the hardest thing for me was I was excited to be back at Harden Simmons this past year but it was hard for me to leave again um, but like I said I'm a mile and a half down the road and be watching them be cheering for them uh, Lance Keys yeah. doing amazing things with that program and, and picking up where no doubt yeah. where, what he left off. So, um, yeah, it was tough, but, um, I'll definitely be, you know, reaching out to him and he doesn't drink coffee. He's a tea drinker, um, having some, having some right. tea, uh, but yeah, uh, I can't say enough amazing things about Lance and, you know, it was great to hear him speak highly of me. And I, I reiterate that towards him. Yeah. 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 And, and, and I mean, obviously that's, that's not too no surprise there in terms of Lance's perspective. Um, but yeah, yeah, I mean, I guess that that is the one, the other blessing in this, right? For you is like it that doesn't require a big move and you have to get the moving truck and all of that. You're right <laughs> right down the road. And me having lived in Abilene for six months, I know how close those campuses are. And Abilene is obviously only so big. So so yeah, so that's pretty that's pretty cool. That's kind yeah. of a side perk, I guess. So so you mentioned 2018, right? And going back to Louisiana and then your time recently with Lance at Hard Simmons. But how has all, all of your previous experience, right? How has that prepared you for this moment now? How do you feel that's prepared you? Yeah, and I was, I was kind of talking with the girls about my background of, as far as playing. Obviously, I played at Hard Simmons. Uh, Dan Hager, who's recently retired, um, which was also a tough, tough for me to swallow. I went to his retirement uh, you know, party or actually not party, but a uh, retirement meeting. And it was, it was tough to see, but um, starting from him, Marcus Wood, who, who built my foundation uh, with, you know, my coaching game and 
Casey Wilson, like I said, I was kind of bittersweet with that as uh, he gave me an opportunity and helped me grow and just taught me blue collar work ethic. And just, um, I mean, he was the only, he was the only coach before me for 16 years of the program. So, you know, like in my, uh, I guess, talk and, and when I shared with the athletics program about him is that his legacy will live on forever in this program and, and we'll cherish the history that he's had and all the hard, hard work that he's done and that we went through for six years um, you know, and then, like I said, my time with Lance, uh, uh, just growing as a, as a professional, um, and as a, as a coach, like I can't, I owe it all to all three and all four of those guys and, um, really prepared me to, to be in this position and confident in this position of, of, uh, I guess, riding the ship of, of ACU. Like I said, I was, I was here in 2018, um, and we were 15 and six made to the NCAA tournament. Uh, and then, you know, won a conference championship and thought we were on a great trajectory um, and just looking to get them back on that trajectory uh, right away and as soon as possible. And that's kind of why I told to the girls and spoke to the girls as far as my background, um, but also my vision for ACU uh, soccer. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty phenomenal. It's pretty amazing when you look back. If you're a bit of a historian on the college soccer front in Texas, particularly the amount of coaching talent, great coaches that have come through, Abilene in particular, right, ACU. And then you talk about but Harden-Simmons in particular. I mean, Coach Hager, you talk about, you know, Woody, what he did there, what he established there as well in terms of making Harden-Simmons a national power on the women's side. And then Lance steps in. You come in. Lance is able to get that assistant role there. You come in, and then now there you there you go, right, springboarding into a, into a job there at ACU uh, as the head man. So yeah, it's pretty it's pretty amazing, pretty phenomenal. In a, when you look at a town the size of of Abilene, right? So, yeah. um, so what what would you say? What can people? What should people? Um, what can they expect that'll be different about ACU now, now that you're in that role? Yeah, I think just for me, it's you know I'm just a positive leader. I love to have fun. Um, you know, I love my freedom. Uh, just to express myself and and have the players express that. I think just overall student athlete experience um, is just doing. I told the girls like doing the small things about you know where we go to eat, where we uh, you know what type of gear we wear, how we treat each other, just you know how gracious we are, um, you know celebrating with them on the sidelines and uh, just being for them and and just having fun in the end. I mean that's that was kind of the the feedback is just having joy, um, you know, growing our passion for the game um, and just having, you know, just growth overall. Uh, and that was the biggest thing is just, you know, nowadays the big topic is, is mental health. Um, and I, you know, I'm, I'm very aware of that and would want to hire a staff right. that helps embody that of just being alert to, Hey, let's, let's just have fun. Let's, you know, the, the soccer field or soccer pitch needs to be a safe haven, needs to be a safe space of, where we can express ourselves. You know, we talk about Pele, um, just the beautiful game and, and just a, a chance to express ourselves of the joy that we have, the passion that we have, and just having a, a fun overall student experience where I told the girls, I want them to look back on their past four years or one year with me and just, uh, just appreciate it and just be like, man, I w- I'm really thankful for this time. You know, I talked to a lot of alumni. Uh, they feel the same way um, just of, of, how I continue to pour into them um, and how they're excited for me. Um, but yeah, that's, that's it. It's just 
overall student athlete experience, just, um, you know, growing the game uh, at ACU and, and passion and joy uh, within themselves. Awesome. So in terms of your, obviously you don't have no names or anything like that, but the, what goes into the thought process, the philosophy, the angles of approach, now that you're looking at, you're in the middle of assembling your, your coaching staff, right? What's, what's the take there? What's the approach there? Yeah. I, I told the girls this again. Um, you know, the two things that I'm looking for is, is one uh, coaches that compliment me in a way that have the same vision that I have uh, that, you know, have the same support and trust and that we can just have one vision um, and emphasize, you know, the important pieces when it comes down to what we want ACU soccer and what I want ACU soccer to look like uh, at the same time, you know, picking me up where I need to, whether it's, you know, weaknesses or areas that I can delegate in uh, some pieces that I, I've said is just continuing to have joy, uh, just being excitement for, for the girls, uh, just being a strong leader as well. Uh, I kind of joke around is, you know, I've never been an 18 to 20 year old female student athlete. So I've been a male student athlete, right. so, uh, you know, hiring, hiring a strong female and having a strong female that will uh, help embody that as, as well. So like I said, I mean, I'm just looking for someone that compliments me, someone that wants to live life, uh, you know, with these girls and they're, and they're awesome. I mean, they're, they're so awesome. I can't, can't say that enough. And, uh, you know, just, like I said, just has fun and, uh, you know, wants to lead and, and wants to pour into these girls. Um, you know, yeah. someone, that's, someone that's unselfish and, and, uh, that I can trust. And, uh, I'm, I mean, for me too, I want to be unselfish. I want, I want a coach that can come in for a year and I can pour into, and, you know, they can be a head coach or they can be a future right. assistant coach somewhere else. So I want to be able to pour into them as well. And that's what I've, that's what I've said with the, the candidates I've talked to so far. Yeah. It's always been, <clears throat> excuse me, the, the roles just studying. It's been something that's always fascinated me. It was something that I wrote a key, uh, a key paper on key research piece on in my master's was the study of the dynamics of coaching staffs, mm -hmm. right? Beyond the head coach and how the complementary pieces, you don't want people that necessarily think exactly the same, same experiences, same backgrounds, right? Uh, how they balance each other out. Uh, but with that same, that same vision, obviously all on the same bus, headed in the same direction. Uh, it's, it's always been a fascinating piece, something that to this day, I always, I always like to just observe and, and study, you know, I think it's, it's very, very much underrated, I think. Um, so the spring thoughts on the spring, like, where do you, where do you even begin? Uh, obviously you've already been working there, but where do you begin in terms of tackling the spring? You haven't even had a really chance to, meet your girls in person yet your team in person yet and then where will you be in uh, showcases uh this spring what can you share yeah no um i guess for the spring is just organizing it like i told the girls um i think the biggest thing is team building it's just building a strong foundation i think there's there's a difference between team building and team bonding uh team bonding the girls are a tight-knit family they're they're an awesome group and that'll come naturally uh but at the same time uh just you know focusing on being intentional with, with building the team. I, something I told the girls as far as having them create their identity, you know, I could tell them, Hey, I want them to be hard nosed. I want them to win balls in the air. I want them to be direct. And then they're like, well, no, I don't, you know, we're not direct. We want to keep possession. We want to do this. So 
just having meetings with them um, and just yeah. finding out our own identity and what we want our identity to be. And then just for me to keep them accountable to that and they're, and them for, you know, to keep me accountable in it as well of, you know, if we, if we want to keep possession and we are doing something a different style um, then being able to change that, um, you know, and, and so they're, they're bought into it. They're all in. Um, and I'm excited to start working with them in the spring, uh, working on some spring games. Don't have any set right now, maybe a future matchup with, with uh, Gibbs and, and UTEP uh, maybe hopefully. Um, and then, yeah, just as far as showcases, you know, I'm, I like to be at everything. Um, I like to encompass all, all things. I know, um, you know, some coaches will say this or not, but I'm, I'm going to be at the ECNL showcase. I'll be at the ECNL, ECNL, RL. Um, but I'm going to go to all the high school stuff too. I think that's, you know, I'm, I'm big on, on Texas high school soccer. Uh, and I've poured a lot. In- Sorry. Had to, had to share yeah. that one. Sorry. Hey, of course. Yeah. Big on the Texas high school soccer. Um, <laughs> I'll give it to you again. There we go. There we go. All right. You know, for me, it's I'm going to be going to showcases, whether it's Georgetown, whether it's um, other showcases in around the state. The only thing weird is, is obviously that dead period that I have to wait till January 5th uh, for Division One soccer. But I mean, I'm, I I plan on covering the state in Texas high school soccer. Um, and we, you know, at our school, we will recruit nationally and internationally. Um, but in the end, you know, I heard Gibbs say this too. I want to I want to keep them local um, and keep them around. You know, we recruit from all cities in Texas, um, have a lot of deep roots in, in all those. And you can look at our roster and we have about every about every major city in Texas and even some from around, uh, you know, non-major cities and towns. So, uh, yeah, I'll definitely be at everything. You know, definitely want recruits to, to reach out. Um, I just love building relationships, too, whether they come to ACU or not. Uh, I yeah. still have a lot of great relationships with, with girls that didn't choose the school that I was at that I will say hi to and, and uh, you know, hi to their families as well. Right. Yeah. Well, Hey, I'm uh, excited to hear you say that uh, just in general, in terms of locally, regionally, but also um, Texas high school soccer. Cause I think uh, there's a certain, there's a lot to be appreciated there as well. If you watch it enough, I think it's, it's very unique um, at the state from, from the high school perspective within our state because our state is it's so big that you can actually see different styles of play different personalities within different regions of the state right uh so there's something to be said and we get it in terms of college coaches can only go so many places we get all that but i think it's 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 something that is a breath of fresh air when you're hearing a, a d1 head head coach talk about attending and recruiting Texas high school soccer, Texas high school soccer events. Um, and, and as you know, just right down, right down the road, you're talking about one of the top two, top three hotbeds in the nation, right mm-hmm. there in DFW as well. So um, what, from your perspective, I'm just kind of curious, what have you noticed in the past, or I don't know how much you've had a chance to attend or watch or what you hear, what you see on social media, what do you piece together? What do you, what do you, what is your take on, the state of Texas high school soccer as it stands right now. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm just watching. I think there's a lot of parody in it. I mean, there's the powerhouses of, you know, you can say on the women's side or on the girls side, as far as, you know, South Lake and, and prosper. And, um, you know, you want to reach down 
in Austin. I mean, schools like Round Rock and, and, and San Antonio Reagan Johnson are, are great schools uh, for girls soccer. And so I'm just seeing more and more parity that comes throughout the conference. Like, yeah, you can say DFW is a, a hotbed for soccer, but I'm enjoying watching these Houston and San Antonio and Austin teams giving a run for their money. Um, not sure whether people know this or not, but I'm also a, a Texas high school referee and have been for uh, since 2011. I actually did the 2014 or 15 uh, state Texas state championships. Uh, I wasn't allowed to do the girls' side; did the guys' side. Uh, right. You know, uh, but like I said, any way that I can serve Texas high school soccer and Texas soccer, um, I'm definitely one to to give back. But recruit. So I think for me, it's it's just parity that that I'm enjoying watching. Um, yes, I mean the South Lake teams are always going to be great, great teams, and you know whether it's uh, the players that are coming out of that, that those youngsters are from Solar and other schools like that that are running running away with it, but uh, it's just fun watching the competition. You know, I love club soccer. I love um, those opportunities, but there's something that Texas high school soccer uh, that you can't replicate in the club level. Um, mm-hmm. It's just competing for your school and that pride. Uh, I loved doing it for my own school. Uh, had a lot of passion. And so, like I said, for me, it's just awesome to watch players compete in the Texas high school, either state championships or, or playoffs um, or even just districts. It's just, it's just a special time, special place. And, I just love watching um, everyone compete. I, I keep up with it way too much, you know, whether it's your ranking, <laughs> those rankings, or right. uh, I would honestly make my own rankings because I follow it way too much. Uh, yeah. Oh, look at that. Yeah. So yeah, uh, awesome. it's, learning it's, all kinds of stuff. He's like he's a he's a pundit and he's he's a certified referee. I like him. I like him. Awesome. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. I think the other piece too is obviously you hit on the big the big metro areas in the state, right? But, you know, you even, <clears throat> you know, you can even talk about the West Texas, Midland, Odessa, what, what you have there in, um, down in the valley. And then, mm-hmm. you know, Gibbs is going to love me for this one, but way out in far West Texas, right? Out in, out in El Paso, that area is like way, you know, way, way overlooked, overlooked yeah. way too much. So, yeah, so I think that, that's those places are, there's talent there and there's a significant significantly different style of play that you'll notice as well which is interesting very interesting so all right coach we'll say we're getting ready to segue here our last question here for you yeah how how will you define success for the 2023 ACU Wildcats yeah oh that's a good question um i think for me just overall it's it's just having confidence in our ability, um, confidence in our play, and joy of of fighting for one another. Um, you know, I told I told the Wildcats I was I told them I just wanted to be a to be able to cultivate a family atmosphere to where they want to fight for each other. You know, you might not like your family on the day, but you might you love them um, in the end and overall. So uh, for me, is just going out there competing, um, being confident in our ability. Uh, loving one another. I don't think we use that word enough, but uh, the word love, uh, but just loving one another. Um, and then just like competing in the WAC. I, I think, you know, we, we've moved from the Southland to the WAC and the, and the WAC's very competitive. We had two two schools that, you know, made the uh, NCAA tournament and it's going to be a, a very tough conference. And actually, um, and then, I mean, for me, it's just 
there's a lot of parity in the league, um, but we, we have to go out there and compete. And so I'm looking forward to, to leading them, um, but also excited for them to be able to express themselves. I, and again, going back onto it, I just want to, you know, with Pele of, of playing the beautiful game, I just want people to watch us play and be like, yeah, that's a beautiful game that they play and um, just enjoy watching them. And I want the players to enjoy playing uh, for me and for my yeah. style of play um, and for it to be a fun product to watch and, and play on the field. Yeah. Awesome. Well said. He is coach Steven Silas, the head women's soccer coach, the new head women's soccer coach of Abilene Christian university coach. Don't go anywhere. Uh, we'll be right back. We'll have some fun with you. Not at your expense, but we'll have some fun with you right on counterattack. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsor. College Promoters USA, founded and located in San Antonio, operates as the only family-owned college recruiting company in Texas that brings a truly professional, local, and face-to-face approach to area high school student-athletes and their families. As the lead sponsor and proud supporter of the 5050 Podcast, alongside Coach Hector Cano, College Promoters is proud to be elevating its support for the college soccer recruiting process more than any other service in the country. If your son or daughter is serious about competing in college soccer, call College Promoters USA directly at 210-494-6363 or visit collegepromotersusa.com anytime. College Promoters USA, the best investment a parent can make in their high school student-athlete. All right, and we are back with Coach Steven Salas, the head women's soccer coach of Abilene Christian University. All right, Coach, it is counterattack time. Uh, but before we do that, and I start picking on you a little bit, I want, want to talk about our good friends at Gipper. So Gipper, who we've been working with now for going on six months in terms of our graphics, they're doing some uh, amazing stuff and love what they are about. Gipper's a way of schools, athletic departments, and ADs. ADs and coaches can create world-class marketing content. Join 2,500 coaches and ADs and use Gipper to create high-quality, visually bra- visual branded graphics for your program. The best part, anyone can do it in seconds on any device without needing any design experience whatsoever. If you do have significant experience and you are what they call a power user, you'll be able to realize, you'll be able to unlock that there are so many awesome things that you can do with their with their services as well as their mobile app that they now, it's been around now I think for about a month and a half, maybe two months. Um, but if you're interested and you want to save money, listeners of the 5050 podcast, you can receive 10% off any first time Gipper purchase. That's an annual package. You can save 10%. Go to Gipper.com slash partner slash 5050. Again, that is Gipper.com slash partner slash 5050 to learn more. All right, coach, you ready? Yeah, I got my Gipper right now. I was actually, I was, oh, look at you. The shame, shameful plug. I got my I was making some graphics for uh, my ACU girls. So, tell us, uh, tell us about that. The how do you like the app, the mobile app? Has yeah, it taken no, you a little while to get used to? A little bit. I like to think that I'm a quick learner. Um, it's good to be mm-hmm. on the road and be able to update graphics quickly, whether it's scores, whether it's uh, birthdays. I I told the girls I hate to miss a birthday, so I had to make sure that I made a yeah. birthday graphic uh, for for our goalkeeper. Uh, Sav and so I was just yeah I mean it's it's an awesome tool um, and I'm not I couldn't do it any way else but it's definitely professionalized my um, my graphic making when it comes to my program or anything else 
yeah absolutely well said that uh, need i say more <laughs> right need i say more so yeah all right all right so counterattack time we uh, ask you about uh got a dozen questions here for you today so we'll have some fun yep. with you some some soccer some non-soccer but i think you'll do just fine so all right var var whatever you want to call it yes or no yes um yeah, I mean, I, I like a truthful look. I think it's tough whenever it slows it down. Um, you know, there's obviously advantages and disadvantages, but yes to VAR. We got to get it right. What is that you can recall? What is the one call? It, and it maybe it didn't involve VAR, but what is the one call that you firmly disagree with? You think they got wrong at some point during the World Cup? Maybe it was the World Cup final. Right, we saw whether it was <laughs> who was it uh, Tim Weah's kneecap or uh, my man, uh, my f uh, French center back, keeping uh, keeping the forward, the Argent Argentine forward on by I guess what turned out to be his butt, I guess apparently, yeah. right? Uh, to uh, what what are your thoughts on that? I think Any it was one decision stand out. I think it was the butt call. Uh, I think it was the butt call. Yeah. Um, I think for yeah. me, it was just the offsides line of like you kind of see it go through the armpit or like. You're not really sure. I think that's it. But I think they also got it right on that on the Japan uh, one where the ball seemed like it was. Mm -hmm. You can kind of see that little fraction. So um, yeah, I think it was just yeah. offsides line. Yeah, I was back and forth on that one for I think about a day or two before I find it's like okay, yeah, I guess I could see it. I, could see it. <laughs> but I, I think the one the one I vehemently disagree with was the uh, if you recall in the final was that first penalty that was awarded for Argentina on uh, Di Maria, mm -hmm. right? I don't know, when you see, I was just like, how can you not go to VAR on that? That was, to me, that was extremely soft, especially in a World Cup final. And yeah. when they slowed it down days later, I mean, he actually, he trips on himself, over himself. So, yeah, that was, for me, that was the one. No, I think that's, yeah. I think that's good. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Next one. Favorite number. We were talking about Jersey numbers earlier. Favorite number and why? Uh, I just got to go with my heart. It, it's been a love. It's 11. Um, it's just some, a number that I wore for a very long time. Uh, my sister wore it uh, as well in the club scene. Um, I don't really have a, don't really have a why. I just, uh, from 11 years old, I had it. And then all the way up through my club when I was 18, I had it. And it was just special to me that my sister, younger sister, took over um, doing the same thing in, in club and in high school. So 11 is it. Um, again, no reason, but uh, just very appreciative of my sister to uh, carry on the legacy. And my brother picked 12 after that. So I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be the contrarian, right? Yeah. All right. Well, at least he didn't go double zero. I think that would have really been, you know, so. Yeah. All right. Next one. Lake, ocean, or river? Um, I think this answer has changed over the years. It uh, used to be river, but now it's ocean. Uh, I spent some time in, in California this summer and uh, just saw the sunsets in the ocean um, down in Orange County and in Newport Beach area and, and definitely have to go with, with ocean. My, my old assistant, Cheyenne Spade, will, will love that one um, because she's at Long Beach State now. But uh, yeah, definitely ocean. Oh, nice. All right. Bucket list destination, place you uh, place you got to go before it's a wrap. Yeah, um, oh, that's some tough ones. I would probably say New Zealand. 
um, which I would love to go for the Women's World Cup, um, but it's definitely right. some place I like a little adventure and to go out there on the island. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've always been fascinated with that. That's a place I'd love to go to as well, as well as Australia, but New Zealand in particular, just because for a number of reasons, just I think the culture and then I've always I've done a lot of reading and research on the All Blacks as well. Yes. So yes. to be able to go dive into all of that. Yeah, I would love that. Yeah, yeah the, the, the legacy is a, is a good one for the All Blacks. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. How were you discovered during the pandemic? Wait, say that one more again. Hobby, a hobby that you discovered during the pandemic. Maybe it was maybe at the peak of the pandemic. You picked yeah. it up. You were doing it. Maybe you're still doing it to the yeah. today. I think I think that's two parts. One is uh, finding a way to work out and make workout equipment out of paint cans and uh, buckets and rocks. <laughs> uh, the second the second one is probably just picking up an old one of fishing. Um, I just you know I, I liked I like to fish, but kind of grew some more time and fishing in my free time whenever I wasn't on zoom calls. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's one that I, I want to get back into is fishing for sure, especially mm -hmm. up here where I live. So <clears throat> yeah. Um, yeah. You sound, you brought back flashbacks as soon as you said that first part of getting creative with workout equipment, because <laughs> that was some of the stuff we had to do when I was in Iraq and Afghanistan. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have to, it's, it's interesting what you can come up with. Mm -hmm. um, all right. Next one. Greatest sports movie. I would probably say just cause I like a look, I like a good underdog story is Rudy. Um, just, you know, watching someone come from nothing and, and his teammates celebrate him just at the end. It's a, uh, you know, it's, it's not a soccer soccer movie, but I just appreciate watching it and just watching the end when it's, you know, when his team celebrates him and just how they're so yeah. much. For him. Yeah. Okay. Rudy. I haven't seen that one in a while. So. Mm -hmm. All right. Favorite and least. Now this one has the potential to end the podcast on the spot. So you gotta, you gotta pick your, all you right. gotta choose your answer carefully here. All right. So favorite and least favorite soccer team. This one's easy. Uh, favorite soccer teams, U S men's national team and, and worst um, or least favorite is the, the Mexican national team. So there you go. Uh, just that rivalry. Right. You, know, you kind of put up lately the, uh, I still want to watch that that documentary that they good, put up. Good rivals, good yes. rivals. I, I have yet to yeah. see that, but uh, just it's have good. a. It's good. I don't like to use the word hate, but have a a, a strong dislike for the Mexican national team whenever yeah. we play against them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's very good. Right. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's good rivals is uh, so it's a three part series, and I, so yeah, all three episodes were out because they weren't all released at the same time. But it's very good. It's done very well. And if I'm not mistaken, if I remember correctly, I think the late Grant Wall was behind part of the production, I think, of that. Because he's featured, or I don't know if that was just his baby exclusively or primarily, but he's he's featured in it a few times as well. So Yeah, I'll definitely have to watch it. Yeah, very good. It was done. It was very Because, you know, it's when you talk about those two countries, there's so much more at play than just you know, the game, right? The game of football, the game of soccer. So, um, so, and the, I thought they did very well on hitting on all of those other pieces, those other dynamics. So very good one. Definitely recommend it. All right. Steven Salas is appointed the soccer czar in America. He's in charge of all of soccer. What is his very, his very first decision he makes on day one? <laughs> 
He can change anything in soccer. You can change anything in soccer tomorrow. What's the very first thing you change tomorrow? Um, that's, a, that's a tough one. I mean, for me, it would just be putting more attention to the men's national team and women's national team jerseys and kits selection. Oh, okay. I always see, <laughs> see the other almost having a almost having a designer uh, come in and make our, our kits just because I see all the other cool ones like Nigeria and uh, I mean even France had some great ones. So I'm big I'm a big gear guy uh, and you know look good play good. So I would just want to make sure right. that we that we look good. I saw a lot of replicas and renditions of what it should look like. I think I saw this black one with like gold stars and stuff like that. I was like, yes. And then we saw yeah. ours and I was like, mm, we could have yeah. done, especially with Nike being in the United States. Um, yeah. Definitely want to change, make sure that we have, we look the best uh, when it comes to it. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't even know where to begin with those kids, but yeah. Yeah. And then the other piece too was, they didn't think it through whatsoever in terms of the placement, right? yeah. the placement of the crest for the women's one. And for, yeah, did you see the women's? Yeah, mm -hmm. the women's because since they have the you know the FIFA champions badge, it's like oh my god, it's yeah, like, come on, come on, do better, do way better. Yeah. You're expecting something so, tactical or or something soccer related, but yeah, it was it was gear related. That was kind of for me. Yeah. Uh, that's that's so. One. So speaking of kits, speaking of jerseys in particular, I'm on this big. Uh, push I want to see so in 2026 I want to see the new 2.0 version of the 1994 denim all, white stars jersey right what do you think we all want to see it that's uh, that's kind of where I was going to go with it is uh yeah. want to see the I like a little old replica but being brought a little bit modernized or maybe not as much maybe right. not as heavy and thick material um but can we, can we modernize <laughs> it and uh, make it look like that we all, we like a little throwback at least for one of them, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to see that. And I'd love to see the old, uh, if you remember the, I don't even know what to call it. The old like multicolored black, red, orange, yellow goalkeeper Jersey that, uh, Tony Miola wore as well, you know, bring it all back. Yes. It all. So yeah. That'd be great. Yeah. That would like be great. That. Um, now, and speaking of that, those jerseys, what is that you can recall, um, being that we're talking on the men's side, maybe, or men's or women's, right? Because they have had some alternating kits here along the way. What has been your your favorite um, U.S. soccer kit? In the in recent, like the recent era, right? Yeah, I think I, I have to give it to 94, um, the 94 World Cup. I think, I think that's it. Um, I think, mm -hmm. you know, also for me, even though it was a little less – intricate is the just because it you know we did so well was the the stripe across the chest i think in 2010 it was just kind of iconic for me the sash the yeah. sash that runs across yeah um i appreciated that one but i still think it's it's the 94 um mm -hmm. there's probably some better more well done ones that were put together and a little bit more modern but uh, it's just yeah. something for me is just you know america's big and loud and crazy and obnoxious so uh, that that paints the picture of of the United States. Yeah, I've always been partial to the so to my my personal favorite outside of the denim has been the um, 
when the denim is a little different because that kind of strikes back on the last time we hosted a World Cup, right? So there's some nostalgia there. But mm-hmm. my personal favorite, I think one of the cleanest, simplest but cleanest ones has been the, I don't know if you recall the 2013, the Centennial jersey. Do you remember where it had the, the very distinct different crest that was just, it was just the red and white bars and just the white uh, and the white stars at the top. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah, no idea. Yeah. So that, or maybe the, I forget the year on the Where's Waldo. Remember the red and white striped, the Where's Waldo one? I don't know. That one grew on me. That one grew on me. But yeah. So anyway, sorry. We got, we started talking about laundry here. So <laughs> all right. Next one. Game day super, as a, as a coach, not as a player. Game day superstitions or rituals? Um, I'm not big into superstitions. Uh, I mean, I think for me, obviously, I do. My, my prayer is important for me. So uh, just praying before a game, uh, something that I always do. I think for me, the national anthem, um, I think it's when the national anthem plays, I'm just very proud of it and uh, use that time to, to listen and be in prayer. And it always hits me. Um, and that's kind of when we're, the reality of, hey, the, this game is about to start and uh, just a momentous piece that it comes to it. Um, one, throughout my body, and then two, just saying, hey, this game is about to start. Let's go. So just listening to that national anthem, um, you know, praying in the national anthem, praying over protection of our players and, and the opponents um, and kind of just going into that. I think that's a, the biggest thing for me is just is just that national anthem. Most most recent binge watch show series Netflix uh, Prime really Video what have you? Fun. Um, I, I I'm in between. There's two of them. I don't watch a lot of TV, um, but Yellowstone is is a big one. Nice. Um, I just appreciate the rustic and uh, you know cowboy way of life in, in Montana. And recently, I picked up uh, Suits. I picked up the kind of an older one in watching. Mm-hmm. Suits. I'm not sure if you've seen that. It's about some lawyers. Yeah. Um, I, I Is just, that any good? Is yeah. Good? You recommend that? It's really witty. Um, I just appreciate, you know, it being, I'm big on making sure that television I'm putting in my brain and watching is, is positive. Mm-hmm. So I think yeah. those, those two shows are very positive and, and, you know, bring life to it. So I think yeah. uh, Suits and Yellowstone. Yeah. Yeah. Big fan of Yellowstone. I'm in the middle. I just started the, uh, the Jack Ryan series, uh, the season three on, uh, was it on on prime on Amazon prime? So yeah. I just started that. So, so yeah, big, uh, Tom, big Tom Clancy guy. So yeah. I watched, I watched right. Reacher. people say that I look like Reacher, Jack Reacher, the, the, the new one. I get that a lot. So, uh, really I just finished that one. Not too long hmm. ago. Nice. Okay. All right. Uh, next one in three words, we only give you three words here. Why do you coach? Oh, three words. Um, oh, that's tough. Uh, I would just have to use, you know, just three simple phrases, just passion, joy, and love. I mean, you know, that, that, that would be it. It wouldn't be so much of a phrase, just be passion for the game, joy for the game, and, and love for those that I'm surrounded with and a love for the game. Um, would be would be three words. That's a tough one, though. Yeah, tough one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's why we limit you to three words, man. Yeah. <laughs> All right, got two questions left. You'll love this next one. Should 
Greg Berhalter remain the oh, no. U.S. men's national team coach? You're going to get and, me. And state why? Uh, mm. I mean, for me, I think yes, because I, I mean, you know, it's. I was trying to think of the other options. Like I saw a list of of other coaches. Um, you know, I, I think he did some really good things. I'd like to see what he does over the next four years and and building some some consistency with the coaching. You know, I mean, we had Jurgen, we had. Um, yeah, I, I just think for me, it's it's a yes. Um, it's not a hundred percent yes, but it is a it is a yes. Um, but I mean, I'd be open to discussions. They could blow my mind. I saw someone say that uh, I forgot whether it's Mourinho or Pep was gonna was an option. And I was just like, <laughs> I'm not sure Pep is coming to coming to the United States. That might be something that I change is, is spending a lot of money on our head coaching. Uh, Search and candidate uh, pay them as next statement maybe makes. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. I don't even want to get started on that one because that'll turn into another thirty minutes. So I won't. uh, I I will give my take on that one. So, all right, final one. Um, you go back to when you used to play, right? And uh, then you factor in everything you've learned and your experience as a coach. Now, if you could go back. How would you have coached you back then as a player? Current coach now could go back and coach the then player growing up in you. How would you have coached you? Yeah, no, I think I think that's a, a really good question. Um, you know, my high school coach early on, um, Metcalf, he, was, uh, he kind of told me just to be more passionate, um, and I kind of grew my passion for the game. Uh, but it would just be, you know, putting in the work. I think I was a, a very talented player and relied on that. But, um, you know, again, after Lance Key, just seeing what what he's done and hearing his testimony of going from Division three player to, you know, starting in the MLS, uh, it would just be, right. you know, really seeing the perspective of, hey, put in the work um, outside of practice. You, you know, you can't just get better in, in practice, but putting in the work just 10 minutes a day, 10 minutes a day, um, I wish I would have done looking back on it and just then my coach, you know, tells me that and instills that in me of doing that extra, extra 10 minutes a day will build up, you know, it's 70 minutes a week and, you know, you build that up over, over time and you just get better. So um, yeah, just be doing the, doing stuff um, in my off time just to not just rely on talent, um, but hard work. I know the always phrase of hard work beats talent when, you know, talent takes a day off or anything else based on that. So it's, uh, it's just doing the extra, doing the extra. Yeah. Yeah. And hearing you, as soon as you, as you were wrapping up with that, right. With the hard work piece, <clears throat> I thought about this a uh, couple of, a couple of episodes back. I shared this with a couple of coaches from Cattle Mills high school was, uh, one of my favorite quotes from a movie that I saw within the past year was, I don't know if you saw it. It was on Netflix, Adam Sandler's hustle basketball movie. Uh, I think you I see that. Yeah, I think I did. It's, it's been yeah. a a little bit but yeah good very good movie but he drops a drops a quote in there saying talks about obsession is going to beat obsession is going to be talent every time right every day or every time and uh, that one just when i heard it it just boom i just filed it way back here right and uh yeah it's just it's it's so true right because because oftentimes how many times have we seen it right in, in some of our more 
are more talented, more skilled, more, we're not going to say they're just naturally talented and skilled because they worked on their craft, but the more talented, uh, the more skilled players, they kind of, sometimes they, they cut corners or they take it easier. They don't, they don't try to seek that next level of, of greatness of excellence. Uh, so, yeah, so that just resonated with me because it's so true. It's so true. So coach, this has been awesome. I really appreciated having you here. Um, this has been great finally getting you on, excuse me. And I'm glad, kind of glad we waited and it kind of played out the way it did. So to be able to have you on here now, as you're appointed, the, the new head women's soccer coach at Abilene Christian could not be happier for you. Very proud of you and appreciate your time and you being on here. Um, but before we let you go, uh, as is customary, we like to have, <clears throat> we like to wrap up with final thoughts, mm -hmm. uh, where you, you can share any, whatever, something that's on your mind regarding the game. Shout outs, thank yous, anything you want to share well, to wrap up with with final thoughts. And since you are a guest, the floor is yours. Yeah, no, I, I would. I mean, I'm just grateful. Um, one for the people that poured into my life um, when it comes to Lance Key, when it comes to Casey Wilson, when it comes to uh, Marcus Wood and even Dan Hager and all my high school coaches as well. That's a big reason why I became a, a college coach was just the inspiration um, and I mean, of how much they poured into me and I would want to do the same thing for the players that I'm uh, amongst, you know, G Carreri is another one too. That's, that's been awesome. He's also a Harden Simmons, uh, not alumni, but he was a coach. So going back to right. the talent. Yeah, yeah. Simmons, um, and then, I mean, the last thing I would also say is you Hector is just, I've, I've watched your podcast grow and just how you've grown the game, especially in, in Texas high school soccer. Um, I just enjoy watching it and, I mean, there needs to be more, I'm not trying to build up competitors um, or anything else like that. <laughs> um, I, I just appreciate watching your podcast and you growing the game because it definitely, it has grown uh, tremendously in, you know, in the nation in Texas. Um, I can't wait to see it watch grow more, but I think it all starts here and, and the conversations that you're having and, and your passion for the game. So I just appreciate kind of everyone that's poured into me. Um, but yeah, I mean, that, that would pretty much be, that would pretty much be it. Yeah. And I, uh, and thank you for that. I appreciate the kind words and, uh, yeah, it's, I say it humbly, but somehow it's managed in spite of all my efforts, it's managed to grow. And, uh, I always, <laughs> I share it regularly on here and there that, uh, how on earth we're being listened to in 42 different countries. I yeah. have no idea, but, uh, I'll pretend to take credit for it, even though I know I shouldn't, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, thank you for, you know, for being such a, a dedicated listener and supporter of the podcast as well. And, um, you know, I'm just very excited for you in terms of this opportunity as well. So very excited to see this and, you know, I wish you, obviously you got to hit the ground running, get ready, prep for spring, finishing your coaching staff, finally getting to meet your team as well. So there's so many dynamics there, but, uh, but I know you're going to do well and I know you're in the right place and I wish you the absolute best, uh, anything we can ever do, uh, to help you out. Don't hesitate to reach out as well. Um, but yeah, I think for me in uh, my final thoughts, really just kind of want to go back to what I was sharing in the beginning is in terms of we lost the today is a set kind of unlike December 18th, where it was a great day for our sport in terms of that World Cup, that epic World Cup final. Today is the, you know, is the opposite of that. Today is a very sad day for our sport. Um, because when you look back and we talk about the, the passing of, of Pelé, he was, you know, he passed peacefully at, at the age of 82, but what he meant for 
globally, right? He, he was up there. I'm, I was hearing something earlier when I was driving back on the road earlier today. They were talking about how there was a stage, there was a point in this and in, uh, in the world where <laughs> I think it was Pelé, Pelé, Muhammad Ali, and the Pope were probably the three world figures, and and people said in in that order, <laughs> which was just mind blowing. But yeah. right, uh, but I think that he was that he was that big. He was the original number ten. He was the original. You know, I call him the goat of goats. But mm. what we've seen here in the last what two years between the passing of Maradona and then now Pele, I think it's just it, it's kind of it's part of the reason why during this whole great rivalry, if you want to call it that, between Messi and Cristiano Ronaldo, where I just always like to step back and just enjoy the moment, right? Because they're, they're going to be talking about those guys. And then you have Mbappe stepping in. You have, hopefully, Holland, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, stepping in as well. Um, so you you've, it's important to enjoy these, right? These great players that we have. Same thing goes on the on the women's side, right? From... Mar, you know, we talk about Marta and what, who we've had. I'll, I go all the way back to Michelle Akers. I'm a huge Michelle Akers guy, and as well as Mia Hamm, the greats that we've had on both sides. Uh, enjoy them while we have them, rather than trying to set them up to knock them down or compare them to who's greater. Uh, um, but as it, as it relates to Pelé, if you're not very familiar with him or his impact on the game, particularly in this, you know, in this country you owe it to yourself to go back and do some research, be, be a student of the game. That's kind of my challenge. So, um, but that's going to do it. Um, those are my final thoughts again for our listeners. Thank you for your support. We really appreciate everything each and every day. We constantly say that you're the reason why we do it to help keep us on track and not let us forget our mission. So thank you. Thank you for all your support. Uh, again, you can find us on, you can listen, you can find, you can find us on all uh, podcast platforms uh, you can also find us on YouTube at the 50 underscore 50 podcast. You can also find us on Twitter at 50 underscore 50 pod, as well as on Instagram at 50 underscore 50 podcast. So until the next time, this will actually, before I forget, almost forgot, this will actually be our final episode of 2022. Uh, we will be, we will be back next week. Uh, look, look for uh, that post that'll get that'll get posted probably within the coming days. Hopefully, look, we're looking to be back early in the new year. But this this is it, Coach. You're our last one for 2022. Awesome. So, uh, yeah, I love it. Yeah, really appreciate you being here. So, again, for our listeners, thank you. Be safe during these next couple of days during the holidays. I mean, the the new year in particular. And uh, want to wish everybody a uh, happy new year. And we'll see you in 2023. And until the next time keep downloading, and keep listening. You've been listening to the 5050 Podcast, powered by College Promoters USA. Help us continue to grow by liking, rating, and subscribing on all major podcast platforms. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at 50 underscore 50 pod, on Instagram at 50 underscore 50 podcast, as well as on YouTube at the 50 underscore 50 podcast. Until the next time, keep downloading and keep listening.